How's it going, everybody? Welcome to Just Nobody's Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm your host, Daniel. And today we're doing a podcast. Woo! If you're new to the channel, please hit the subscribe button and also hit the like button. If this video gets 7K likes, one of these hot toys, Marvel, DC, will send it to one of you guys as long as you guys hit the like button and comment one thing that you like about Just the Nobody's or a suggestion. Yeah. Let us know what you want. Let us know what you want to talk about. <laughs> Also, comment what you want us to talk about next week. As you guys are going to see throughout this video, we took you guys' suggestions from last week, and we're talking about it this week. With that being said, let's get into this. Okay, so a lot of news came out this week. We oh know boy. that Doctor Doom... Oh, I, I didn't know. I don't know if you know. Wait a second. Okay, so, so Marvel Snap, okay? Okay. Marvel Snap's a new game. It's a mobile game on iOS and Android, and uh -huh. it's a Marvel game. So basically, there was a trailer that just released... Okay, and it takes place at like a shield office, and Nick Fury walks in. They're like telling Nick Fury like how someone's gonna replace him, what? and they're like saying like how we have a Doctor Doom. Oh and no! And Squirrel Girl. So basically saying that Doctor Doom exists. Yeah. They're already trying to say that he's already in the universe. Okay, so he's coming. Yeah, he's coming. He's I, coming sooner than we think. Okay, to be to be completely fair, I do feel that he's gonna be in Wakanda forever. Yeah. I know I did that theory a long time ago, and guys. I said it. I think it's going to happen. Gosh, it kind of looks like it is. I think so. Also, we know this. Killmonger, probably going to be in it. Yeah. Probably going to be in it. Just hit the like button now <laughs> because I'm pretty sure I'm right on this, okay? I don't know. I don't have any, like, inside scoops or anything, right. but just from the research I've done, Killmonger's probably in it, or maybe he's not, For if you guys are scared about spoilers, but <laughs> if you don't care about spoilers, he's in it. Okay, he's in the movie. Yeah, he's got to be. If you look at all the movies that Ryan Coogler, the director of Black Panther, has done, uh -huh. Michael B. Jordan has been in almost every single Ryan Coogler movie. Are you serious? So it only makes sense that he's in it. Yeah. You can't break the chain now. Yeah. Because, ah, I'll say that for another time. <laughs> I'll save it for another time. I just thought of a theory in my head. I'm like, I'm going to save that. Oh. I'll save it. Oh, that's, that sounds like it's going to be... <laughs> okay, so Doctor Doom's in the MCU. Marvel Snap confirmed it. Yeah. They also confirmed Squirrel Girl. Did they really? The girl that plays... You know in the AT&T commercials, the girl that... Yeah, yeah, the yeah. I know, I know who you're talking about. She was actually cast as Squirrel Girl, but they what? canceled the show for Hulu. It was a Hulu show. Squirrel Girl. It was a real thing. Yeah. It was going to happen. Remember, didn't Joe Russo, when we talked yeah. to him, say he thought Ana de Armas would make a good Squirrel yeah. Girl? <laughs> So, I mean, Squirrel Girl's up for grabs, and it <laughs> makes sense that they announced her in the Marvel Snap trailer. Oh, man. They're definitely teasing something, obviously. Yeah, and also what's really crazy, as we know, She-Hulk finale is over. Yeah. We saw it. Is, it's completed. So if you haven't seen it yet, uh, hit the skip button to get like further ahead in the podcast, because I'm going to ruin She-Hulk for you. <laughs> as we know, right, we see Kevin Feige. Kevin. Kevin, the AI robots. <laughs> In, in She-Hulk. But what's crazy is the plot line for the original episode of She-Hulk. It was supposed to have Edward Norton to come back as, as Hulk. Really? Because Edward Norton's Hulk fought Abomination in the first Incredible Hulk movie. Right. So they're thinking, like, since it'd be so funny, like, if when She-Hulk's, like, changing oh. the episode, right? Instead of saying, like, why is Hulk here? Yeah. They say, like, she's like, why does Hulk look so different? It should be the other Hulk. <laughs> And then it switches to Edward Norton. <laughs> that would have been pretty funny. But it makes sense. That would that would have made sense, right? Yeah. They would have done that. Right. The whole fourth wall break thing, yeah. They didn't do it. But that leaves it open, right? Right. That if they even thought about having that scene in it, they're probably already in talks with Edward Norton yeah. to possibly come back to a Marvel project. Right. Where there could be variants. Right. As we know, Captain America New World Order is supposed to have the Red Hulk in it. It's supposed to have 
the team leader in it. It's going to have a lot of Hulk elements. Yeah. Captain America New World Order, I believe, is still in the multiverse saga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think, I think so. It would make sense, right? That if there's Hulk elements and right. it's a multiverse movie, you got to have Edward Norton Hulk come back. I mean, just saying that, having like the multi different actors come back to play these characters, it leaves it up for all these characters to have variants like that. Yeah. And didn't we talk about how Ryan Reynolds has expressed how he wants the original Cyclops in Storm yes. to come back for Deadpool 3? Yeah. I mean, Deadpool 3, I think, is going to be bigger than we already think. Like, yeah. it's already big that Hugh Jackman's coming back, yeah. but I think it's going to be way bigger. I think the creator of Deadpool is the creator of the, the comic book character. Oh, okay, yeah. So that he feels that Deadpool 3 will be bigger than Avengers Endgame. Okay, that's a big statement. That is big. But I feel like my gut's telling me is that all the Fox universe will be in Deadpool 3. It's got to be. Okay, if it's going to be bigger than Endgame, right, they've got to do something like that. Yeah, and I think Deadpool will break the fourth wall and make a joke and say, like, wow, this is like, like if Endgame was with the Fox universe. <laughs> Like, I could see him That doing could that. totally happen, yeah. yeah. And, now, I mean, what She-Hulk did with breaking the fourth wall and all that stuff, you could see how they're paving the way for, like, what Deadpool could do. Right. Gosh, just Hugh Jackman coming back just made it for me. But now that all this other stuff could happen, it's, like, kind of crazy. Because I think since Hugh Jackman's coming back, right, mm -hmm. it really opens Pandora's box and it shows, like, wow, wow, kids, anything is possible. Yeah. Like, it really does because Hugh Jackman literally said, I am done. I'm not coming back. Nothing will let me like will ever have me come back. Right. He wanted to retire the character with Patrick Stewart. Yeah. And look who's back. Look who's back. And look who also came back, right? Patrick, Patrick Stewart, Stewart also yeah. came back. There's also rumors Robert Downey Jr. might come back. Yes. There is. I hate to say it, right? If if that's like a spoiler for you guys, but I'm pretty sure as a collective, we are all very happy if Robert Downey Jr. Comes yeah. Back. He had his good story in the Infinity Saga, right? Yeah. But if it's a variant and it's RDJ, that would still be great. Right, because look at Hugh Jackman, right? Hugh Jackman said, I don't want to come back, and I don't want to ruin what I did with Logan. Yeah. And they said, sure, we're not going to touch that. We're not going to ruin that. Exactly. So I'm sure they're saying the same pitch to like the Robert Downey Jr. Look, Hugh Jackman's coming back. Yeah. You're going to really be that guy and not come back. <laughs> Hugh Jackman's back. You're right. not going to come back. I know. Come on. You've got to do it. Yeah, you've, you've got, got to reprise that. I feel like he's the only one so fit for that role. Yeah, that you have to just do it. It's hard to envision anybody else as Iron Man. Yeah. Just because when you look at Iron Man, I only see Robert Downey Jr. I mean, it was since 2008, right? Yeah. He's been Iron Man. So, gosh, he's got to just come back and do it. It would be interesting to see before we see him come back. I would love to see someone try to be Iron Man, yeah. like a variant. Right. Just to see what that person does with the character and like how they do it. Yeah. Because you really can't be like the Robert Downey Jr. version. You have to be either like super like jerk yeah or super nice that's why it would have been so cool to see a superior iron man because it would have been like totally different yeah right tom cruise come on and what's crazy is that the multiverse director and writer expressed that he did hear theories about how tom cruise should be superior iron man yeah and they tried to write it into the script last minute but tom cruise was filming mission impossible so he couldn't be in it but uh, they were thinking about it if they did that breaking the internet yeah but i'd rather have robert Downey jr back oh so. yeah Bring them back. Do you know what something crazy I learned this week? What? The word stressed uh -huh. is desserts backwards. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Because when you're stressed, you eat desserts. I never realized like that. Like stress eating. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. But that stressed make sense. is desserts. That's so random. <laughs> but that's good. That's interesting. <laughs>
I do have to say, whenever I'm stressed, I do eat desserts. Yeah. And I wonder if they knew that. Like, whoever created the word desserts and stress said, you know what? Let's do something with this. You have stress? Just flip them. Flip yeah. it. <laughs> you got any other words you want to say? Um, race car is race car backwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that one either. But that makes sense. And that's the English lesson for today. Thank you. That's a new segment. English class with Daniel. <laughs> okay, so do you know the experiment that showed if people would help a man cheat on his wife? What? Okay, so there were two paid actors and they were acting like a couple and they would sit next to random people and then the guy would get a call and he would be like, oh shoot, it's my wife and she can't know that I'm with another girl. So then he would pick up the phone and say, oh, I'm so sorry, honey. I have to work late tonight. I can't be home. And to try to prove this lie, he would ask the person next to him, that's the random person, doesn't even know what's going on. And he would say, hey, can you act like my coworker and try to help me lie to my wife? So he's basically asking random people to like to vouch for him that he's not cheating. Yeah, so some people actually help him lie to his wife. So they take the phone and say, yeah, I'm his coworker. Don't worry, we just have to work a really late night tonight. Basically just helping him cheat. That's ridiculous. Yeah, but then some of the people actually say no and they get really angry at him. But one of the guys said like, oh yeah, I'll help you. Don't worry, just give me the phone. And he takes the phone and he just goes, your husband's cheating on you. And then he just hangs up. Good for that guy. <laughs> it's pretty crazy though, right? Yeah, good for him. <laughs> There's hope for humanity. Yeah, but isn't that crazy how many people actually helped him? Like. It was multiple people. Like, it wasn't just, like, one or two. It was multiple people that said, like, don't worry, I'll do it for you. It's sickening, kind of like how, I guess, the human mind works in certain people. Right. It's like, maybe it's just easier since someone's coming up to you, like, hey, can you help me with this? Like, ah, oh, sure. Because, like, you're in front of them. Yeah. But no one would want that to happen to themselves. Exactly. But it's such an awkward situation to be in. Yeah. You know, like, you just see this guy, like, obviously cheating on his wife. And then he asks you to help him. Right. Like, that's crazy. What an uncomfortable spot to be in. I mean, obviously, I would say no. But, like, that's just so crazy. But why would you say yes? You would just, like, it's like when someone asks you to sign a piece of paper outside of, like, a Target. You're like, yeah. no, no, no. Right. Okay. But it's just crazy how much people helped him. Yeah, it's weird that they just didn't say no. I know. Okay, so on to the next one. Have you seen the experiment that showed people are actually born jealous? No. Okay, so it starts with two children and their parents, and they're put in a room with all these different toys. So all the kids are obviously trying to go play, but then they ask the parents to go on your cell phone and act like you're on a call and don't pay any attention to your baby to see if they get angry or jealous or start begging for attention. And literally none of them did. They just didn't care and they just kept playing with toys. Yeah, it seems pretty normal for a kid not to care about a mom being on a phone or something like that. Right, but then the parents were asked to go pick up a fake baby that was wrapped in a blanket and they have to hold it like it's a real baby and treat it like it's a real baby and then almost immediately you could see their actual children get really angry and really jealous and they start crying and when the real baby gets close to the fake baby they get really aggressive like one of the babies tries to rip off the blanket of the fake baby and the other one's like starts to push it away i mean i guess it kind of shows that everyone's kind of born with little jealousy in them right there's nobody that's never not jealous you can't teach a kid how to be jealous it's just instinctual right they just realize, I'm used to getting this attention. Why are you giving it to someone else? Exactly. And it's just a fake baby, right? And they're like, hey, that's my mom. Yeah. You know what I mean? That makes a lot of sense now that I think about it. It's kind of like a dog. They're very territorial of their owner. Exactly. And it gets really upset, right? With that when a new dog comes in or yes. something comes near it. Yeah, that makes sense. Right? I mean, everybody has a little bit of jealousy. Everyone has a different style of things that make them jealous, right? Some people, they're envious of people's careers or people are envious of what someone has. Yeah. But at some point or another, everyone's going to experience some sense of jealousy. It's just human nature. And that's okay. And that's okay. Humans are not perfect. Right. But I think it's good to acknowledge, like, I think this, what this shows is it's okay. Like, 
Yeah. It's okay if you ever feel jealous because that's just how humans were made. Exactly. Because you look at these babies, right? They haven't experienced any of their life yet and they're still getting jealous. So don't be like upset with yourself if you feel some sort of jealousy. Hit the like button if you ever get jealous. (laughs) I'm joking. (laughs) Comments if you agree. Justice for jealousy. Justice for jealousy. Let's see that in the comments. Justice for jealousy. Make it normalize that it's okay. Okay. So moving on from all the social experiments, have you ever heard of the grave of Timothy Clark Smith? No. So Timothy Clark Smith was actually a really well-known doctor, but he had one really big fear. He was super scared of being buried alive. Okay, Loki, who isn't scared of that? I mean, that's scary. Right, but this guy was so scared that he designed his own grave so he wouldn't be buried alive. And he made it absolutely impossible for someone to bury him alive. So he requested when he was buried, he has to be holding a bell and he has to have a breathing tube. But just to take it even further, he wanted to have a window on his gravestone that would look straight at his face so someone could see if someone buried him alive. That's kind of freaky that he even thought of that. Yeah, and now his grave is like so old. When you look down the window, you can't even see like his face. It's just like, it just goes straight down and you can't see anything. Thanks. So he didn't get buried alive. He just died of natural causes. He just died of natural causes. All that work for nothing. All that work for nothing. But it was successful when you think about it. I guess so. He never had to worry about being buried alive. Yeah, but... Just think about this. When someone would walk by his grave, they would see his dead face. It's a little weird. A weird. Yeah. Very selfish. Yeah. So every day, if someone walked by that grave, they'd just see his face slowly decomposing day by day. Well, good for him. (laughs) Good for him. He got what he wanted. Okay. So moving on. I have a couple crazy stories this podcast. A lot of people wanted more stories. And these are real life stories. (gasps) And it's crazy. It will give you goosebumps. It will make you psychologically think about what the heck did I just listen to? Real life stories are the best. So do you know the crazy story about the lady that got sucked out of a hole of an airplane? What? So in 2018, a girl named Holly Mackey was on a flight on Southwest and she had a four hour flight. She was flying from New York to Dallas and she was sitting on the aisle seat. So as Holly's sitting down in the seat, all of a sudden another woman walks up to her row and asks Holly, hey, do you mind if I sit in your row? And Holly's like, oh sure. And the girl's name was Jennifer. So Jennifer sits by the window. So there's Holly on the aisle seat, a middle seat that's open and Jennifer by the window. So it's time passes everyone's loading on the plane and there's still one seat available in the middle and all of a sudden this teenage girl walks up doesn't say anything and just sits right down in between them wait so this plane's not assigned seating yeah i guess it's normal for like southwest flights to not have assigned seating they just let everyone board the plane they kind of pick their seats and the flight attendants now goes over like okay these are the safety precautions these are like what's going to happen if a like event of an emergency happens and obviously no one's paying attention everyone's heard this spiel over and over again and no one really cares because it's very rare for like an accident to happen okay i listen every time okay well that's good for you but on this flight no one was listening but there was one person that was listening and that was holly so holly was really focused and trying to listen to like the safety protocol but she got a really weird feeling like on the flight like she felt like something wrong was going to go down okay that's never a good sign yeah so the flight attendants finished all the rules and safety precautions the the plane starts slowly taking off to the runway and Holly starts to feel like really uncomfortable like and really uneasy because one, she also drank a large cup of coffee before the flight and she's like feeling like she has to use the restroom and two, she's super nervous because she feels something wrong is going to happen. And since the plane was taking off, she couldn't leave her seat to use the restroom. So she just has to sit there. So Holly's sitting there waiting for the plane to take off. The plane takes off and once it reaches like a certain altitude, Holly's like, okay, this might be a good time to use the restroom now. So Holly unbuckles her seatbelt start standing up and then all of a sudden the captain of the plane says everyone please sit down we're about to hit some turbulence so buckle up and like please remain seated so holly's all frustrated because she's like gosh i have to use the restroom and then jennifer sees holly she's like are you okay and then holly tells like oh i actually have to use the restroom so i'm like i'm uncomfortable okay i know exactly how holly feels yeah so all of a sudden holly sits down 
but she hears a really big bang and then she hears like a whooshing sound going throughout the plane right and she looks to her left and she thinks she hears it from the left side and then all of a sudden the plane gets super freezing cold and the oxygen masks fall from the ceiling and holly's like oh my gosh what is happening so she she grabs her mask, tries to put it on, but she's like so flustered that she can't. And then she looks to her left and she realizes that the engine, the left engine is on fire. And then she witnesses it explode. And some of the pieces from the engine puncture the window and the pressure from the puncture blows up the window. Wait, what? Yeah, so the window blows up, right? And everything that's not strapped down starts shooting out the window. And since Jennifer was sitting right by the window, she got sucked out of the airplane. But since Jennifer has her seatbelt on, only the top half of her body's hanging out of the window. So Holly grabs the seatbelt, holding onto her and holly's trying to hold onto her tight because there's so much the air pressure is so strong it's sucking her out so she's literally sticking out of this plane yeah so then all of a sudden the girl that's sitting in the middle starts getting sucked out of the airplane too so holly grabs her and starts holding onto her while she's holding on to jennifer so holly starts looking around like hey is anybody gonna help me but no one's even noticing that this is happening so holly starts yelling for help like someone help me help me but no one can hear her how does nobody see that so since the window is open and it's so loud it forces people's ears to start ringing. So everyone starts grabbing their ears and like putting their heads down because they're like, their ears are like on fire. Dude, this is crazy. So all of a sudden the plane starts flying more level and everyone starts to notice that Jennifer is hanging out of the airplane. But everyone is so concerned about themselves and making sure that, that they're okay that no one knows how to help Jennifer. Even the flight attendants were so occupied with helping everyone at the front of the plane, they had no idea still that Jennifer was hanging outside. Dude, I feel like at this point, she's been out there for way too long. Yeah, so Holly's not only holding the girl in the middle, she's also holding Jennifer. But Holly starts to realize that Jennifer's been hanging out of the airplane for over 10 minutes in the air with no oxygen. How can you survive that? So Holly realized that she's not really helping Jennifer by holding her. So she just lets go and starts like patting Jennifer's back to like to comfort her to tell her like I'm right here. So all of a sudden the flight attendants see Jennifer outside the plane and they run over to Holly, pull Holly and the girl in the middle of the seats out of the way. So the flight attendants realize that they're going to need someone super strong to be able to pull Jennifer out of the window. So these two strong guys volunteer to help her. But keep in mind, if they pull her out, the hole will be unplugged and everything's going to fly out again. Yeah, I mean, if they pull her out, there's going to be a huge opening still. Right. So they start trying to pull Jennifer out with all their strength. They yank her out and they immediately try to run away from the window. And once they lay Jennifer on the ground, immediately one of the passengers start doing CPR on her to try to save her life. Okay, if it's been this long, I'm assuming the plane has multiple engines. Yeah, so luckily the right engine was still working and the captain was able to make an emergency landing and got everyone down safely. So right when they landed, all of a sudden, all these medical people came to help Jennifer and took her to the hospital but on the way to the hospital she passed away that's really sad and what makes this story even crazier before the flight took place holly got to the airport and she was running late so she got her coffee and she's sipping it and then she realizes like oh my gosh i'm super late so she chugs the large coffee really fast and then she gets on the plane she sees that there's an empty row and she looks at it and she's like okay i'm gonna sit here and then she sits in the window seat buckles up and sits down but then she realizes as she's sitting there man i'm gonna have to use the restroom so she unbuckles herself sits in the aisle seat because she didn't want to have to cross over people if she sat by the window so she sat in the aisle seat instead but if she didn't change her seat from the window seat to the aisle seat she would have died if it wasn't for her coffee she would have been dead so that coffee saved her life yeah the fact that she had to use the restroom made her move seats that is crazy i know it's, it's like, really sad but that's crazy yeah it's like one of those stories where you hear about like mark Wahlberg and seth mcfarland you know they all had tickets for the 9-11 flight right yeah. and they were supposed to be on that flight and we all know like it's such a tragic day what happened on 9-11 right and they were supposed to be on that flight so they just got lucky that circumstances happened choices were made where they were they avoided a tragedy dude that gave me chills yeah it's pretty crazy okay so on to the next topic of today we gotta do a theory it wouldn't be just nobody's podcast 
if there wasn't a theory. That is true. I feel like this this episode seems like not very theory-like. <laughs> so do you know the dark theory about Dragon from Shrek? I definitely feel like Dragon deserves more love. Yeah, so we all know Dragon falls in love with Donkey and has a family with him. But I saw a Reddit post and there's a theory that Dragon is actually a princess just like Fiona. What do you mean she's a princess? Okay, so we know that Fiona had a curse put on her that turned her into an ogre at night. But when we look at Dragon, she actually has a lot of human-like features. Like she could read and she could understand English. But the theory is that Dragon was actually once a human and she had a curse put on her kind of like Fiona. And if you Google Dragon's name, her name's actually Elizabeth. Wait, I didn't even know she had a name. Yeah, and the reason why Dragon falls in love with Donkey at the castle is because she sees that he's a talking donkey and she thinks that he was once a prince that turned into a donkey just like her. And she thinks that he is her savior. Dude, that's crazy. Right, it makes sense though. She sees another animal-like figure talking like a human. So she obviously thinks that Donkey was once a human, just like her. Yeah, I guess if she's locked away in a castle and she really hasn't seen much of anything. Yeah. I guess you could assume that. Exactly. And we see that Fiona turned into an ogre forever, right? Yeah. But what if Dragon never fulfilled her curse? So she just turned into a dragon forever, right? And she understands and could read English because she was once a human. I mean, I get it. People are going to say, oh, it's just a kid show. It's just a movie or whatever. But come on, there's got to be some kind of thing that the writer intended, like some backstory. Yeah. That, that would explain it. Like, why would they have her name be Elizabeth? You know what I mean? Yeah. Why give it the name Elizabeth? Yeah. You know the crazy story of the smartest stalker to ever live? Oh, this sounds like a creepy one. So the story is based on a real life situation and it follows a girl named Jessica. And basically Jessica's packing up her apartment. She's getting ready to leave and she's loading up her U-Haul and she starts hitting the road. So as she's driving on the road, all of a sudden she reaches a car and the car is driving really slow in front of her. So the car signals to her like, go ahead, go in front. So she starts trying to go to the left to get in front of it. So she starts speeding up, but the car is not letting her into the lane. And no matter how fast she goes, the car keeps matching her so she can't get in. And all of a sudden this huge truck is coming straight towards her. So Jessica just speeds up really fast, gets right in front and starts driving. And she's like so shooken up by this. So the car that was in front of her just moves off to the side and goes off the road. What the heck is up with that? Yeah, it's really strange. So Jessica goes to a gas station to kind of like relax and like regroup. And she calls her dad and she tells him like, I packed up all my stuff, dad. I'm like, I'm good. But the dad is really concerned for her. And then all of a sudden, Jessica hangs up the phone and looks to her right. And she realizes the Jeep, the black Jeep that was in front of her pulls into the gas station. So Jessica gets really creeped out. So she gets in her car and just takes off. Oh, here we go. So after driving for a while, Jessica realizes like she wants to go to a motel. So she gets a room at the motel and she's sitting in bed as she thinks about her husband who passed away. And like, she's looking through photos of them together. And she decides like to lay down, like go to bed. But before she goes to bed, she looks out the window and then she sees the black jeep drive by again wait what so the next morning she wakes up and she gets in her car and she's getting ready to leave and she puts her key in the ignition and right before she can start it all of a sudden this man knocks on her window she's all startled and he goes do you remember me i own the black jeep right here and i was on the road with you yesterday and the guy's trying to apologize to her for not letting her in the lane and he's like i'm so sorry about that and he asks her where are you heading and then she tells him i'm heading north and the guy's like okay have a good day why did she tell him where she's going i know right so then she's driving again and she She's on the road and her mom tries calling her, but Jessica ignores the call. But as she's driving, all of a sudden she sees the guy with the black Jeep again in the middle of the road. And he's like, hey, my car broke down. So Jessica locks her doors and she's trying to drive around the guy. But the guy's like, no, no, stop. Wait, wait, wait. 
like, hey, do you mind driving me to like the nearby town? And like, let me get in the car with you. And she's like, no, I'll call you a tow truck, but you can't come in. I'm in a rush. But the guy doesn't take no for an answer. He's like, come on, I just need a ride. He tries to open up the door and Jessica just takes off. Yeah, she should probably get away from this guy. Yeah, so Jessica's kind of freaked out. So she drives for a while and she stops at a parking lot and she calls her mom and she's like letting her know like, mom, I'm okay. I'm doing fine. But then all of a sudden, once again, the black Jeep pulls up into the parking lot. And at this point, Jessica's really freaked out. So she runs to her car, gets inside and her car is having a hard time starting. And the man starts slowly walking to her car. Jessica's done. Yeah, so she manages to start the car. She starts driving and all of a sudden the guy starts yelling at her like, hey, you almost hit me. And Jessica just said, screw it, I'm leaving. So she just takes off. And as she's driving, all of a sudden the black Jeep is right behind her, just tailing her, going super fast. So Jessica gets out her phone, calls the police and is like, hey, this guy's following me. This guy's following me. And she's like all flustered. And then all of a sudden the guy in the black Jeep just takes off past her. And then she tells the police like, okay, like he stopped following me. False alarm. Okay, clearly it's not a false alarm. This dude keeps appearing. Yeah, so she keeps driving, but then all of a sudden she notices as she's driving, the car's having a hard time staying on the road. So she has to pull over. So she pulls over, gets out of the car and looks at her tire and she notices that there's a huge cut in it and that there's no more air in the tire. Why would you get out of your car? So then all of a sudden the Jeep appears again and the man jumps out of the car, starts running towards Jessica's car, breaks in and they start fighting. But the man wins and Jessica wins wakes up in this room and it looks like a basement and then she just starts yelling like for help and she realizes in the window the man's just watching her from outside the window so later that night jessica's in the room and all of a sudden the man walks in and jessica's like what are you doing to me like why are you doing this and he tells her like i've done this many of times and he shows her a video of her and her husband on his phone wait how would he even have that well she tells the guy like my husband died recently and the guy just keeps asking her how did he die how did he die i need to know how he died so jessica tells him that her husband took his own life and she just starts crying and the man and just says okay and just leaves the room dude that's really sad yeah so the next morning jessica wakes up and she tries to run to the door to open it but she can't open it but she looks in there in the keyhole and she realizes that the key is still in there so she's trying to get the key out but she can't so she notices that there's a nail like in the wall so she grabs the nail starts trying to pick out the key lock to get the key and all of a sudden she manages to get the key out so she manages to use the key unlocks the door and goes up to the house so as she's going up to the house she notices that the man is slowly going to walk into the house so she runs into the closet to hide and then and all of a sudden the man's phone rings and he answers it and he like says hello and he's like I'm at a business conference right now and the hotel super nice this guy is disgusting yeah so the guy hangs up the phone and he realizes he better go check on Jessica so when he goes downstairs to check on Jessica Jessica runs outside the door starts running into the woods but then the guy realizes that Jessica's not there so he starts chasing after her but as Jessica's running she hurts her foot and she falls but she gets back up but she's screaming in pain and the guy is able to find her because he can hear her screaming and right before the guy could grab her Jessica decides to jump in the river and she just lets the water take her so then she travels through the river and gets out of the water and she starts trying to travel through the woods dude she's screwed if she's in the woods yeah so as she's walking in the woods she hears these footsteps coming so she hides but she hears the footsteps get closer and closer and then she gets her stick and just hits this guy but this guy ends up being a hunter and she's like please help me i need help someone's chasing after me okay she is so lucky she found someone in the woods yeah so the guy offers to help her and he gives her some boots gives her some food and some water and he's just driving her to get some help so the guy's name is Rob and all of a sudden as they're driving they notice a huge wooden tree trunk is in the way of the road so they both get out of the car and they go try to lift the tree trunk but it's obviously so heavy they can't move it but then all of a sudden the black jeep appears again and of course the guy gets out of the car so jessica runs for robert's shotgun but robert's like hey you cannot touch my gun i got you i'm gonna save you don't worry but the man tells robert look that is my sister and she's actually losing her mind she's actually psychotic and she's not mentally stable because her husband just passed away and i need to help her and the girl's like no that's not true like this is not true he's lying so robert 
Robert is so confused. Like, he doesn't know who to believe. Is this, like, some sort of crazy twist? No. So Jessica manages to escape, but Robert's talking to the man, and they end up fighting, and, of course, the man ends up killing Robert. Of course. Yeah, so time passes, and it's later that night, and Jessica manages to find some shelter in this cave, but sure enough, the guy's, like, right there, and he has a flashlight trying to look for her. So Jessica starts running, but she gets shot by the guy. So Jessica starts trying to crawl in the woods and try to stay out of sight, but the guy's, like, trying to taunt her and, like, make fun of her and make her feel bad for her husband's death, but he realizes that the taunting's not making her come out, so he just leaves. So just like that, he quits. Well, yeah, so the next morning, Jessica wakes up, and she sees the man's Jeep, but she sees the man trying to hide Robert's body, so she takes his chance to go try to steal his car. So Jessica gets to the car, gets in, and she realizes that the keys aren't there, though. What the heck is she doing? So Jessica manages to find his phone, but all of a sudden, she sees the man coming back to his car, so she has to climb over the seats and try to hide in the trunk of the car. So Jessica tries to call the police, so she calls him and says, like, hey, I can't talk. She tries to whisper to the police, like, please track my location. She better get out of that car, man. Yeah, so the guy realizes that he can't find his phone. He's like looking all over for it. So he stops his car. And then all of a sudden, Jessica jumps out and starts fighting the guy. And they both start fighting. So his car ends up flipping over because it's all out of control. So Jessica manages to crawl out of the car. And then she looks up and she notices that the helicopter that the police sent for her is coming. So then Jessica grabs his phone and calls his wife and tells the wife that your husband's lying to you. He's not at a business conference. He's not at a hotel. He's actually a killer. And if you never hear from me again, my name is Jessica if he kills me. Oh boy. So they both start fighting one last time, the guy and Jessica. And Jessica wins this time. And the story ends with Jessica being rescued by the helicopter. Dude, what a story. It's crazy because like, I feel like this can happen to anybody. Yeah, that's what's freaky about it. It could happen to anyone. There's so many crazy people out there. You just never know. Yeah. Dude, that one gave me chills too. All right, so we'll move on. This next part of the podcast is called Who's Study On? Where Leia comes on and talks about a real life story. And you and us have to figure out who's right and who's wrong. There's two sides to every story, and we're going to settle the debate today. Here comes Leia. Woo, yeah. Okay, so whose side are you on? Whose side are you on? Is the writer wrong or right? My friend's always late, so we purposely lie to her about what time to meet up. Oh, my gosh. So our friend Isabel is usually one to two hours late to anything we do because she's unorganized and spends an excessive amount of time getting ready, which she tries to do last minute. One to two hours is a lot. We got sick of waiting these one to two hours every time we go out, so we'd start telling her to show up at 4 when we were actually meeting at 5.30. Smart. We did this like three times, and she was usually like 10 minutes late still. Well, here's the problem. We were meeting up last night. We told her 6.30, and we were actually meeting at around 7.45. She showed up 25 minutes early and was so pissed that we did this. <laughs> she found out we gave her the wrong time intentionally. She says we were rude, and she felt betrayed. I told her it's her own fault for being hours late consistently. And it was the only way to get her on time. Was I wrong to do that? Whose side are you on? No, you're not wrong to do that. <laughs> Man, it'd be one thing if you're like 10 minutes, 15 minutes late, right? Mm -hmm. But when you're talking one hour, two hours late, could you imagine having a dinner reservation at six and the person shows up at eight? Or it's like that reservation where you all have to be like there in order to be seated. Yeah, what you. the heck is that? Okay, the one thing though, I feel like I'm not sure if the writer and the friends did this, but... They should at least vocalize to Isabel that, hey, you know, this is how we feel about this. And then maybe go for it. We're not sure if we did if they did that, but right. they should do that first and then think about, OK, is this worth it to maybe include her? I don't know. But when you really think about it, if they did this multiple times where they said like, OK, we're just going to have her come two hours. We're going to say it's two hours earlier. Mm -hmm. And she ends up being there like right out, like even 10 minutes late sometimes. Right. Yeah. Then obviously. It's it's an ongoing issue, right? It's mm -hmm. like she the girl confirmed that she is late. 
right? Uh-huh. Even when they adjust the time. So yeah. I feel like them changing the time is really, it's kind of justifiable, I think. And she can be included too. So they're kind of like, they want her to be there. So mm-hmm. they're trying to adjust it to make it possible for her to be there. Yeah. So everyone works a little different. Everyone <laughs> needs a little assist sometimes. So I have to say that the writer is not wrong. I don't think the writer's wrong either. I think you're just trying to help your friend. And I, I would hate to wait for two hours. Yeah. Right. Well, hopefully you vocalized first the way you feel. Yeah, you should vocalize it. But also maybe the per- maybe they did. Yeah, right? maybe they did. Because two hours, though, is that person really your friend if they're showing two hours late? Are they really your friend? Two hours late? I think that that's means they a don't even disrespectful. care. So, Ryder, you're right. Comment who you feel is right. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe the other person's right. So, let us know in the comments. Let's get this debate going. Let's figure out who's right and who's wrong. Thank you, Leah. <laughs> that was quite the story. But I feel like we've all experienced like someone that's always late. Yo, yeah. We all have that one friend that's always late, and it's always. just so annoying. So annoying. You have that one friend that's really early, and that one friend that's really late. Yeah. And the one that's always late. It's always late. Like, it's not like sometime. Yeah. They're never like, they're never there on time. It's always like, hey, we're going to meet at 830. They leave at 830. Yeah. Or they start getting ready at 830. Yeah. And like, hey, guys, more like 930. (laughs) Guys, if you made it this far in the podcast, please hit the subscribe button and also hit the like button. If this video gets 7,000 likes, we're going to be giving away a hot toy. I mean, there's all kinds of hot toys. There's a Deadpool hot toy. There's a Robert Downey Jr. hot toy. There's a Chris Evans hot toy. There's a Miles Morales. There's a Gwen Stacy hot toy. So make sure you hit the like button. Comment below one of your favorite things about Just the Nobodies. And we will pick your comments. One person will win randomly. As long as they're subscribed, like this video, and commented something positive. You can get one of these. And you can just let us know which one you would like. Also, comment what you want us to talk about next week. As you guys saw throughout this video, we took your guys' suggestions. We really want to try to talk about things that you want. And we talked about it this week. So make sure you comment for next week's podcast. And we'll see you guys tomorrow on TikTok. And we'll see you guys next Saturday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. See you on the Tiki Talk. God bless you guys. See ya. Love ya.